Guys, first, thank you for coming. That's very, very nice of you to come week after another. We're building something here. I feel like the group is growing, okay? You know, we have a lot of guests and all of a sudden people who know each other, so that's kind of uh, not a coincidence. And uh, so as we walk from Shul, and I was saying, why we don't get the corner store and we start something there? I said, well, so build it up and we have more people and more people and then we do it. Hey, good to see you. How are you? Nice to meet you. So basically the name of this Porsche is called Vaikra. That's the name of uh, this uh, portion. Those of you who don't know the word portion, every week we have the Parsha in the Torah. The Torah is divided to 53 portions. We read 52 of them because there is 52 weeks of the year. Sometimes you have holidays, so you have to put the two Parsha together. That's why you have 53, which is Gan, which is Garden, like the Garden of Eden, where the light is coming from. Now we have five books to Moses, five books of Moses. Each book is corresponding to a certain energy. For example, the book of Bereshit is Keter. Keter means the crown, the beginning, the seed energy. That's why it's the, the way God created the world. The second book is Shmot or Exodus, the names. They call it Shmot mean names, but in English they translate into Exodus, meaning because of the Exodus out of Egypt. And the book of Shmot is related to Chokhmah, which is the second sphere, which is the energy that's coming from the Creator. Now this week we start reading the third book of Moses that has to do with Bina. What is Bina represent? B-I-N-A. You have to remember those code words. You don't have to write it down, but just keep it in your mind. Bina representing the concept where things start to be calculated by the brain. And I will explain it. I don't want to keep my phone here so it doesn't... What does that mean that in Bina everything gets established? For example, you are thinking about doing something. Let's say getting married, buying a house, buying a business, getting a partnership. That, that idea by itself is coming from above. According to the Kabbalists, it's not just you thought about it. People use the term, I, I was just thinking about it. No, you didn't. You would just offer a thought that went to your dish called the brain. And then the brain accepted or push it away. Very, 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 very simple idea if you can think about it. That level of thought is coming to the first level called Keter, or if you want to call it Chokhmah. And then slowly, slowly it manifests itself Till the way called Malchut, which is the, the manifestation. Don't worry if you don't know the words. You don't have to know the words. Just understand that there is a certain uh, connection between the Torah portion to the way things operating. So, example, you want to build a house, right? You want to build a house, that's an idea. The idea came to you, you don't even know from where. You think you thought about it because you don't have a house, and that's why you want to build a house. No. The thought of the house came from above. Now you're studying having a blueprint. Can you live within your thought? No. Can you live within the blueprint? You have a beautiful blueprint the size of this room. You say, I'm going to go sleep in the blueprint. You can't. It's impossible. You can't. Then come the third level, which is you're buying steel, you're buying wood, you're buying painting, you start thinking about actually building the house. You even started to, to, to see the house. Can you live there? No. You can only live in the fourth level, which is called the manifestation, where is the actual house when after you build it, like you thought about it. Everything in life has to go to that manifestation from seed till you have a fruit. That's how it works. That's why the five books of Moses representing the beginning, which is the seed, manifestation, which is the fruit. Everything in life is like this. Relationship, house, buying a business, everything has to go to stages. If you go too quick, bad. Too slow, bad. And that's called life. Life is about knowing when, how, and when to do it, when to talk, when to shut up, you know, all of those things has to be learned by us. It's a very important lesson. And the level of this book is Bina. 
Bina is basically the third level, what I represent as the blueprint. Okay, I mentioned it as a second, but it's actually the third level. We represent the blueprint. So within this book, you have all the blueprint about what you want to do with your life. So you have to behave in this week with your mind. A lot of things has to be done with your mind. Meditate more. Go, if you have time to go walk on the beach, meditate. What do you want from your life? Many people have no clear. They are actually not clear what they want. They want everything. You know, those people, they want everything. What do you want? Everything. What do you want? Everything. Everything means, like you say, I want nothing. Nothing, everything is equal. You cannot say I want everything. You cannot say I want nothing. You have to be clear what you want. It's like going to a restaurant. I mean, I have a lot of Persian guests here, so you go to a Persian restaurant, right? Go to a Persian restaurant. If I walk to a Persian restaurant, I never get the right food. But if you speak Farsi, you get whatever you want. When I walk there, I see the Farsi next to me getting whatever he want. I get little rice, little vegetables. That's about it. A Farsi walk next to me, he said something in Farsi, and all of a sudden there's a lot of food coming into the table. It's true, Rob. Happened. Happened to me on Pico. Happened. I order, they order, same thing on the menu. I didn't even know how to complain in Farsi. You know? I say, what's going on here? Come on. So the idea is we need to understand that with the mind, with the mind we can actually be clear about what we want. Do not go, do, don't let your mind take you to weird places when you don't know what you want. Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go into place. I don't know what I want for my wife. I don't know what I want for my husband. Be clear what you want and then talk. If you're not clear what you want, stop at the conversation. Just stop. When you're clear, just speak about it. Very simple. That's called Bina. That's called Vaikra. Vaikra in Hebrew means to call somebody. To call. When I call you, Ani Korelcha. I am calling you. Ani Korelcha. Who is calling? God is calling Moses. He's calling Moses and telling him all about the sacrifice, how to do the tabernacle, what exactly to do in the desert. Beautiful, beautiful book that teaches us about right from wrong in a perfect way. But what does that mean for us? It's mean for us, what is our direction in life? What is your calling? What is calling you? What, what, what is the thing that you call it? Oh, that's my calling. That's what I want to be when I grow up. Some people, and when they're 65, they wake up and say, that's my calling. That's okay. You know, everybody has a calling. You just have first to listen to it. Make sure that your calling is not kind of a weird thing that every day is change. Because if your calling keeps changing, that's not your calling. Calling is something that it stay. It's serious. It's go the same thing. It might have a different variation of how it looks like. But it's your calling. So remember that is a very, very important thing. I'd like to start with a story. Even I started already, but I'd like to start with a story. Uh, the story goes like that. I heard it in 1989. I heard it from a rabbi, a wonderful rabbi from Nebrak. And the story goes like that. In Russia, they have a problem with... <laughs> it's a long time to talk about Russia. <laughs> in Russia, they have, they, have the, they have a problem to collect the honey. Why? Because they have the Russian bear. And the Russian bear disturbing them with the honey, stealing the honey, stealing the honey. So what they did, they invented a new idea. They took a piece of wood, a large piece of wood, and, and they, they put a nail and a little wire attached to it. So, and, and they put the beehive on top of the tree. So every time that the, bee, the bears come to take the honey on top of the trees, he push that piece of wood away, and then that piece of wood come and hit them back, and then he give up and he's either falling or he go, I guess, where he came from. What is, what is the story has to do with us? What is the calling of that bear, honey. What in his path? That piece of wood. 
What is the you need to do if you will be a smart bear? Climb above a little bit, a little bit more, not that much more. Climb above, take the nail out with the wire, let the wood drop, and enjoy the honey. You have lunch, dinner, breakfast, you got it all. But the bear doesn't know that he's supposed to climb a little bit higher to go for what he's calling him. So he is busy with what he wants right now, and, and that's it. A lot of time we fall into that category. We are feeling like we want something, but we're not willing to make the effort that is attached to what we want. And for that reason, you see many people, as Rabbi Yehuda Ashlag, the famous Rabbi Yehuda Ashlag, right? Yagata umatsata ta'amin. You work for it, you found it, you shall believe. And of course, we should say, you work for it, you earn it, you shall believe. Why do you use the word, you found it? Because we look at life, or Vashlev look at life, that everything that we do, everything that we do, we cannot truly, we cannot truly earn it. It doesn't matter how much work you put into it, the earning point is a gift of the creator. When you feel like you're earning your relationship, when you feel like you're earning money, when you feel like you're earning anything, you are a happy person. You cannot be happy until you feel you earn something. If I will take a poor person, and every day I will give him more gift and more gift and more gift and more gift, you think you will feel great, right? After all, I'm giving him everything. No, you will feel terrible because the one thing that the human being is looking for is to be in the image of the creator. What is to be in the image of the creator? To be a creator. We want to be a creator. We cannot create when everybody is giving us everything we ever want. Because we want to find a way to earn it. For that reason, we say found it. Yagata umatsata. You found it. Meaning you have to feel as everything is found it and go yagia again. Go make another effort to, to get it. Very important, the yagia, the hard work and everything. Your money you're making, love that you're earning, everything about earning. If there is the biggest gift you can give your kids, most people think it's love, it's a hug, it's a kiss, it's a nice letter, a gift that will remember them, a gift of the best teacher, best educator. No. You got to give them a way for independency. The one gift you can give your children is a way to be independent. That they no longer need you. That's a true love. People think true love that they will be dependent on me. But that's, that's not love. That means dependency on me because I enjoy it. It's, it's the way I want it. But truly, if we want to give love to a person, how can we help them to be on their own? So in this week, Pasha, you know, when we look at this week, Pasha, as I said before, Bina, you know, every decision you make, every thought, every idea has to do with this week, Pasha. And remember, I mean, we are on Monday. You have four days till Friday because on Shabbat the energy shifted. So make sure that you just focus on your mind and ask yourself, how am I earning everything about my calling? Because you cannot just look for the honey like the bear and you cannot keep pushing that piece of wood and wait for it to go away. It will not go away. The chaos we have in our life is not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. But if we find a way to climb a little bit, a little bit that much, a little bit above, we can take the nail out, we can take the wire, no more wood, enjoy the honey, but you're gonna earn it. Otherwise, it's not working. Okay, so far so good, clear? All right, very good. Now we're gonna go a little bit to the Zohar. We didn't do a lot of Zohar last week. Yeah, 
go a little bit to Zohar. Those of you who don't know what Zohar is, Zohar is a book that was written about 2,000 years ago by a rabbi by the name of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Some people believe that this book was written by Rabbi Moshe de Leon. There's an argument. We really don't care who wrote it. We care what's written in it, okay? That's what we focus on. So when you find who wrote it, I'm happy. This is great. This is good. Wonderful. So now we're going to talk about how do you go about it? How do you find your direction? How do you overcome based on what's written in, in the Zohar? All right? You see, I have a lot of uh, notes. Make me look important or it make me look at my memory as issue. All right? Don't know which one is worst. So let's, let's go. Let's go there. That's what I'm supposed to. Yeah. I'm reading from verse Kuftet, uh, under the nine in the Sulam of Vaikra. Padach Rabbi Yehuda. I will read it to you in Hebrew and then I will translate it to English. Rabbi Yehuda opened the discussion. If do it Hashem Besimcha, worship God with happiness. We studied it already. If you decided to go on a spiritual journey, you have to be happy. So if you're going to pray, smile. You're going to meditate, smile. You're going to do something incredibly spiritually, smile. A lot of time, you know, people, when they go to pray, they go miserable. They go like, they feel like God will have more mercy on them. I, I grew up like that, by the way. You know, maybe because I'm a Sephardic Jew. You know, they tell you, you know, if you're born more miserable on, on uh, Yom Kippur, you look miserable, you're fast, you're broken, then Hashem will have mercy on you. According to the Zohar, which written 2,000 years ago, at the same time of the Mishnah, it's not so. You have to be with Sibra. You have to be with If you want to talk to the master, to the king, to God, eh? first smile. If you come with no smile, wait outside until the smile comes to your face. Because otherwise the spiritual work is not complete. So what if I did something wrong? What if I did something wrong? I did something terrible. Do you want me to come to the creator with smile? You know, you just stole money from your best friend. You just stole money from your best friend. You want me now to worship God and say, hey, God, I'm just come to say, I'm sorry, I stole money. What is this smile? You know, what is this smile? So the Zohar raised question on his own idea. The Zohar said, what if the person, it's like the Zohar raising doubts over the idea that the Zohar just established, that you're supposed to be happy when you connect to the Creator. And now the Zohar said, well, what if you did something really bad? Would you go to the master and say, hey, I just killed a few people, but I, I, I know you like me to smile. You know, it doesn't go together. So he answered, Say, well, if you know for sure that you did something, you damaged people's life, you did something really terrible, okay, then you have to come broken. You have to come uh, uh, sad, but I will explain it in a second, okay, because it's based on Ravash, like knowledge. Uh, if he cry, we have femicol. When a person is crying, it's even more beautiful than anything that is broken. And this happiness is not there. So what do you do? God tell you you should be happy if you want to see me. In the old days, those of you who don't know, 
I don't know if you heard about some concept called the temple. Not the temple, the shul you're going to pray. There's a temple used to be in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem used to be the temple. It, it's not like today that we take a book and we pray. In the old days, if you did something wrong, you, you bring with you, I'm, I'm sorry, all the animal lover and all the vegan, used to bring with you some animal, not, not some, I mean, not dogs. It used to be sheep or dog or cow or uh, dove. And you go to the Kohen, and you go to the Kohen in Jerusalem and say, you did this, you did that. He doesn't have to know what you did. He said, that's sacrifice for my sin. And then the, Lev the Levites used to sing. You know what the Levites is? You know Levites? Levites, like Le Levites, like the, the jeans, Levites, Levites. <laughs> Levites is based on Levi Strauss. Did, did you know that, Levi? Yeah, okay. So it's true, Levi is a, is a Levite. So the Levi used to sing. All the music came from the Levi. All the band, rock band that you see, all come from the Levi. All the music in the universe come to the channel called the Levi, by the way. The Levi used to sing when the high priest, the Kohanim, the Kohanim used to be the one who slaughtered the animal. Once they sacrificed the animal, it will be a flame, a fire. If the fire will be in the shape of the dog, you know your prey will not accept it. Yeah. If the fire will be in the shape of lion, your prey being accepted. Now, of course, you're asking, what's wrong with the dog? I mean, the best, uh, we call it the, the best friend of humanity. Not my dog, but most dogs. So. <laughs> so, my dog is my friend when I give him food. That's it. That's about it. All right. So, but people still convince me that the dog is the best friend of human being. I'm into it. I'm getting it three years. I'm, I didn't find it yet, but I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm working on it. So, why dog? The way that the dog bark is hov, hov. That's what the Zohar said. This is not my words. I'm giving you the words of the Zohar. And when Hav Hav in Hebrew is a bet, a bet. Hav means give me, give me. So when a person has the consciousness of what else I can take for myself, what else can I grab for me, there's only me exists, then he's acting like a dog and the fire will be like a dog. But a lion act different. I don't know if you read about a lion. A lion is the king of all animal. Then when you're willing, you really come broken. But you're not broken because your brother bought a better car or your neighbor built a better, bigger house. You're broken because you have some type of missed opportunity with your spiritual journey. When you cry because of that, it's a different tears when you cry for something you don't have. Is that, is that clear? It's a different tears. There's two tears. It's two tears. Maybe it's a time to explain. You know, it's saying in the Talmud that uh, all the gates after the temple was destroyed, all the gates are, remain closed. Gate of repentance, gate of uh, asking for money, gate of asking for mercy, gate of asking for help. All those gates are closed. But there is one gate remain open. Only one gate remain open. It's called Share Dima'a Loninalu. The gate of tears still open. Only one gate. So they say that the, the Kotzke Rebbe, the old Ravanim, is asking a very good question. If there is one gate open, why do you need a gate? Let it be open. Gate. We don't need the gate. We don't need the door. Why say remain open? Just, it's open. Just cry and open. Not every tears open that gate. If I cry for things I don't have, this gate will remain closed. If I cry for my misopportunity, which means why did I hurt my neighbor yesterday? I'm crying for that. To say, God, please give me power to be nicer to my neighbor tomorrow. Then those tears work. So tears, and many people cry. But a lot of times people cry for what they don't have. 
I don't have this, I don't have this. How come my, my neighbor bought a new Lamborghini and I'm still driving a Ford? What's going on there? I'm crying to God to give me Lamborghini. Those tears will, will stay on your face, okay? But there is tears will open the gate when I'm crying for things that I cannot change. For things, let's say, if I work on my anger or I work on my selfishness or my ego and I'm crying, I said, please help me to get less angry and much nicer. Those tears will open our gates. It's very important to remember. So for that reason, when you talk about sadness and tears, it's not regular sadness. The Kohanim slaughter the animal, the Levi'im, Levi, the Levites are uh, singing. So when he comes broken to them, they are doing his job of the happiness and he's doing the, the job of being broken. Rav Ashlag right? those of you who don't know, Rav Ashlag was 1922. Rav uh, Ashlag discovered a new way to interpretation to Kabbalah. It's called Etz HaChaim, Tree of Life. And when he came up with that interpretation, people kind of disagree with him because it was a unique interpretation to Etzachayim, to Tree of Life. And he told them something even more weird than this sound good at that time. He said that Rabbi Isaac Luria went into his body and he's talking from his body. And that's, that's what he write down. I was born a few streets away from where Rav Ashlag died, wherever Rav Ashlag was. And I used to hear about the rabbi that used to hold the pen in his head and the hand was writing by itself. I didn't know it was him until many years later. So just to let you know, I mean, Rav Ashlag was in a level that we cannot fully understand and, and grasp, but the miracle used to do, it's, it's just, just uh, not normal because he was chosen from above. So what he's telling us about crying and being sad, he said you have to set up a time and a day when you're supposed to be sad, and that's it. He called it cuff small. He called that time left column. It's a left column, you can only have 15 minutes a day. You put it on your schedule. When is it? You sit down alone, you cry, you be jealous, you be angry, you be whatever you want. 11, 11, 15, by 11, 16, out. Cannot be angry again, that's it. Scream, yell, get angry, that, that. 11 to 11, 15, that's your time. If you will get angry whenever you feel like, that's when it's no longer you. You've been used by a dark force. You've been used by negativity. We're not getting angry when we want. We get angry when the anger wants me to get angry. That's a problem. You don't get last when you choose to get last. You get last when the last choose you to have last. So that's a problem. That's, that's the way. So our calling is to be organized. That's what the Zohar is teaching us. It's got to be serious. You cannot just say, I have a calling. I have a calling. I'm going to do that. Oh, my God. It's amazing. In two years, I have another calling. I have another calling. Gotta be, it can be a different idea, but it's in the same category. Can you change your mind? Well, Yes, of course you can, but if you change your mind every day, we don't need to change the direction, we need to change the mind, right? That's why you say change your mind. Anyway, so to continue with that, and it say, What do we do in our days, say the Zohar? We don't have temple to go with the sheep or the pigeon or whatever it is. So what do we do? We're going to be sad all, of, all day long. Ruach Shabur, broken spirit. How do you want me to be happy? I don't have Kohanim. I don't have Leviim. I don't have the temple. I don't have sheep. I don't have cow. Tell us the Zohar is second. When you go to Shul and you go to synagogue and the Torah come out and you are happy with that, you're happy with the Torah, you're happy with your prayer, that's as if you went to the temple and you become happy. Okay, I'm not talking about temple as synagogue, temple as what used to 
be 2,000 years ago. So everything is basically replaced for that. ולא מתוך עצבות. דהיינו שלא יעמוד אדם לפני אדוניו בעצבות והרי אינו יכול כי ליבו נשבר בו מחמת חטאיו מה התיקון שלו. But he said be careful. מסכת ברכות עמוד על ל"א. Say you gotta be careful when you go to pray with sadness. That, that can be actually going against you. Even if you mean it, it can go against you. So what to do? So you say לעולם יקנוס אדם שיעור שני טפחים ויתפלל תפילתו. When you enter the synagogue, when you enter a place of prayer, you enter Fahim is the size of Tefach is like that, as a feast. Two feasts inside the door, you, you go into any place of prayer inside the door, stand there for a second, one second, and at that moment, include within you Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then walk in and do your prayer. You don't just walk into the shul and place of prayer like, hey, how are you? I came here to have some coffee. No, respect the place where you pray. Because that place replaced what the temple used to be. Take it seriously, the prayer will be taken seriously. Take it not seriously, the prayer will look not seriously. You know, it's very important. So you say like that, just I'm going to let you ask a question in a second. Um, so how do you start? What do you do after you enter? Happiness is from your heart. You have two things you have to do with happiness. One in your heart, one in your lips. And you have to mix them. The Rnana is, is a level of singing with awe, with respect. That's in your lips. And the happiness is in your heart. What do we learn from it about our calling in life? Vaikra. We learn that if you want to start to go on a spiritual journey, or you're already in a spiritual journey, the number one thing that you've got to ask yourself if you're connected, if you're happy. If you're not truly happy about your spiritual journey, you're not on a spiritual journey. You're on some journey, but it's not a spiritual journey. Spiritual journey meant to make you happy, and while you do it, you're supposed to be happy. You might be on a religious journey, which is similar. It's important. Religion is important. For each person to have their own religion, they've got to keep it. But spirituality is more about how to connect to the inner self and through that connect to the creator. So to get to that level, a person has to look for themselves. Am I happy? Am I happy? Am I happy right now to connect? I'm not. Then something is missing within me or something is missing with the connection or maybe that place is not for me. It's all okay. But find out your calling. Where is your place? Yeah. One more thing and then I'll let you ask a question. Talking already too long. I am talking too long. I am talking. Just, I'm sorry for that. I usually I promise to keep you 45 minutes, and here I am keeping you too long. Just, just two more things, okay? Rob already gave me the look, man. What a deal! I know, but one second. So it's a. One of the easiest way to get into your calling. It's in Kuf Kaf, 120 in Sulam. Bore, kirkol bnei haolam enam nitzayim krovim el ha-melech ha-elion, kmo elu akelim shu mishtabesh bahem. Umiyem. There is people that getting closer to the Creator right away. Who are they? Lev nishbar venitka. People who in a way broken and depressed. It's contradict what we just studied. You're supposed to be happy. Ve'edaka u'shfal roach u'shia. Elu im kle ha-melech. When there is problem in the world, like we have in Russia and Ukraine right now, there is war, there is people who are dying. 
and the poor people kind of have nothing. Azem bochim, then they cry, v'tzo'akim, and they scream at one of God. And then God taking care of them first. Ki lo baze velo sheket anut ani, v'azeh kodesh v'chu poked, al ma ba'arav l'olam, oi la'em l'elu reshaim shekarmu et zeh. And then at that moment, God is checking why there is hunger, why there's suffering, why they're actually uh, not having the food or the money that they need. And then at that moment, problems start to happen, worse in the world, unfortunately. What does the Zohar say about it? Who is those broken people? One time, it was a lecture that we studied from Kabbalah. And we studied about the broken and poor people. Pray will answer first. So it was a rich man sitting in the crowd, and he raised his hand. It was in New York, so people ask direct questions. Say, excuse me, uh, Aliyah. Uh, yeah. Say, uh, should I continue praying? So, well, I didn't even know where he's going with it. So, yeah, why? He said, well, I'm rich. I'm never going to be poor. He said that only the poor people get the prayer answer. So what about me? <laughs> Wasting my time. So... So the answer that we came together to, no, I didn't come up with the answer, all of the group gave the answer, that you have to, and they found the proof to it in the Zohar, that the person has to get to a place where you feel like in any second everything can disappear, but not from panic, from appreciation. Everything can disappear, even the chair I'm standing on, the, 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 the room, the, the, everything can, cannot be stable. You know, don't feel like everything will be here forever. You know, when you are like that, you are poor. And when you're poor, you can truly pray. But if you pray already from a place, ah, it's my car, ah, it's my wife, my husband, my kids, ah, look with the gratitude to everything. When you look at the gratitude to everything, everything refresh. It's become fresh value to everything in your life. You know, when we only, unfortunately, we only have gratitude and appreciation when we lose things. But we don't have to wait for losing. We can have appreciation before. That's why you said the poor people, it's not mean poor only. I mean, when you get to the consciousness of the poor person, you can draw all the blessing in your life. Last thing I know, I know you give me the look, I know it's short. Really, really, no, 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 not long, not long. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that. So I'm going to skip that part. I was about to read the whole thing. If do it, Hashem Bezibra from the Breslev Rebbe. The reason I'm reading for Breslev every week is to make the Russian and Ukraine border better. Because he's buried in Ukraine. So I'm trying to send, by reading his book, a little bit of energy. So I'm going to make it short. I'm not going to make it too much on you. Uh, and he's talking about, so what to do? What to do? Let's say you, you choose a direction. You choose a business. You choose a marriage. You choose everything. What's the first thing you got to do after you know where you're going? You know where you're going. So the Breslev Rebbe, it's called Likute Mooran. The, the concept of charity is a great thing. It's always going to help you. The need of the body are great. Even the little thing, like food, clothing, apartment, or home. So to take care of, of dirot, house, clothing, drink, and food, this is the basic. And if those things preventing the human being, let's say if a poor person doesn't have a house or clothing or a drink or food, and preventing them from avodat abore, from worship the Creator, even though they 
It's from the Zohar. It's a beautiful section. I'm sorry, it's too long. So every time you give charity, you have to understand that this is not just helping a person. And uh, this is more helping yourself. If you think like that, everything opens up. But if you look at the poor person and say, ah, can I give him another $5? You know, the place where I pray, you came with me one time. It was a funny thing with Rob. So we have a lot of poor people coming to our shul. And they come after another. So I have a bunch of, uh, a lot of dollars, singles dollars, because I know they come. And uh, there's a lot of conversation. So you just give. You know, they keep coming and, and they're giving it. You, you pray. And they come, hello. hello. So Rob see me like, what's going on? You become like the Rebbe of Lubavitch, you know. The Rebbe of the, and it, it's, but the point is that we need to understand, and there is two people always bother me. I already told you for the last three weeks. There's two people, you know, it doesn't matter what I will tell them. They will, this is my tikkun, they come after me, and kaha, the tof, the tof. And the point is, the giving is not for them. It's for you. It's for you, and it's tough. Because when you give dollar, you for sure think you save somebody. But think about it, one dollar. One dollar gives you only one thing if you do it in the wrong way. You know what it's giving you? Ego. You buying ego for one dollar? Are you out of your mind? You give me one dollar, which is almost nothing, and you get ego. <laughs> Help that poor person. <laughs> no, be careful. He did it. That person saw, if you believe, okay, I'm not here to convince you that to believe in that, but just a thought. The creators thought that there is something might negativity in your life. So he sent you an act of giving to the wrong person. Purposely, God brings the worst-looking person into your life with, I don't know, he drive a Lamborghini, but he asks for $1. It's a test. You know you're in the middle of a test. What are you going to do? Am I helping him or is he helping me? Depends how you look at it. I'll end up with the story, okay? End up with the story. A rich man took a poor man from the street. It's a Rav Brandwein used to tell it to his student. Rav Ashley used to tell it to Rav Brandwein. So it's, it's a generation story. A poor man sitting in the street, there is a rich man who read this section in the Zohar. He decided his calling is to do charity. His calling in life is charity. So you want to do charity? You see that person in the street and say, yeah, look like a good client. Say, hey, come on. Get into my limousine. I take care of you. I shave you, get your food, get you a room in a hotel for a week. So I don't feel like it. So what? So he's going around looking for another poor person. No, he's the only one. Come back and say, Man, do you know who I am? I'm very real wealthy. I take care of you. Come on. So no, I don't feel like it. So he's going home very angry. Tell his wife the story. And his wife said, maybe talk to him nicer. So he go again and said, listen, uh, you need food, right? You need a shower. You need something. No, I don't want it. He gets even more angry. Go back to his wife. Wait a week, go by. And it, it, it bothered him. He win every deal, but he cannot win that poor man. So I go there again, and then he sit on the sidewalk with him, and I said to him, what's your story? So they start talking. I said, listen, I really want to give charity, and I'm really looking to somebody to give charity. Can you please help me? Yeah, I chose you, and for some reason it doesn't work. So if that makes you happy, I come with you. Come, let's go, and I come with you. We eat, you, you, you take a shave, you put me in a hotel. What is the story trying to explain to us? A lot of time when we give, we're not actually the giver. We are the receiver. If we can think like this, just change the mind like this, every dollar you give, not only it's not going to give you ego, it's actually going to give you a blessing into your life. 
It's a very, very important part. Every, every cent you give, you have to look like that person can save me, that person can save me, that person can save me. And if you have kids, teach it to your kids. Because giving, even if one dollar, cent, quarter, something, when they give, they have to feel like, well, thank you so much for taking my money. Thank you so much for taking the dollar. Now, why especially I'm talking about it and the Zohar talk about it in the month of Adar? In the month of Adar, we know Purim is coming soon. Well, now it's Eib Adar tonight. We have in 10 days, we have Purim. And we know that in Purim, by the way, we're going to read the Megillah here if you want to join us. We're in the Megillah, that's a serious part. And if you want to make a wild party after that, I'm up for it, no problem. I will join you, okay? Uh, but the first thing is the Megillah, okay? That's the first thing. And the idea in, in doing Adar, it's written, in the month of Adar, you have to be more charitable. In the day of Purim, you have to carry money in your pocket. And even if the person who asks you for that money look absolutely wrong to you, you give. That's only... Uh, that day of Purim, actually Hanukkah too. This few few holidays that happen this way, guys. Because of the time issue, I'm going to turn this into a short meditation. And please think about your calling for a second. If you have a calling, please one calling that you have, one calling. It can be in a marriage. It can be in a relationship. I mean, in a business. It can be well-being. It can be health. So what I want you to do, you know, your belly buttons representing where you come from. Okay, that's where you come from. So. Put your left hand, so your left hand will touch the belly buttons, and the right hand will go on the right. The left hand represents, by the way, the receiving force, and the right hand represents the giving force. We are mixing energy. If you feel to do it this way, it's okay. Sometimes when I pray, I do it this way, it doesn't matter. What I want you to think is your calling. The way you're doing it, basically, you close your eyes, and you try... Don't lift your chin. Keep the chin 90 degrees to your chest. Don't go with the chin up or down. And when you are 90 degrees to your face, lift your eyes about 30 degrees like that. Okay? And when you lift your eyes, focus on something in the room or something that you see that it's 30 degrees above your eyes. And after that, close your eyes while your eyes is 30 degrees up. The way you're going to feel, something will start shaking. Don't cross your eyes. Don't cross fingers. Don't cross fingers, please. It's mixing energy. Thank you. Okay? And now, what I want you to do, keep your eyes up while your eyes close. Okay? Good. Now focus on your breathing. Basically, we take the avir, we turn it into or. We take the yud out. Avir means oxygen. Breathing. So you breathe. Okay? If you know how to breathe through your nose, good. If not, it's okay. Just from the nose and exhale from the mouth, if you can do that. If you can take it to another level, inhale and hold it for three seconds, and then exhale. Focus on the breathing. I want you to see yourself in a place where it's green. Those colors are necessary for the meditation, so please, green. It's a green cliff. There's a tree in the middle. That tree has red fruit. The tree is green, grass green, red fruit. I want you to sit next to that tree and focus on your goal, on your calling. What is your calling, what do you want from your life? What is calling you? Don't be afraid. 
You can manifest whatever you're looking for. Once you're clear on your calling, I want you to see yourself with your index finger right down on this beautiful cloud above you. What's the name of your calling? Please keep it as a secret for yourself at least for seven days. What is your calling? What is it you really want? Write it down on that white cloud. Make sure it's clear. Make sure you never forget it. Inhale and exhale five times, slowly. And then slowly, slowly open your eyes. May what you see will be, or even more. Let me just summarize what we did tonight. We talk about the calling. We talk about the, the bear with the honey to understand that in life you gotta earn, you gotta climb above. We did talk about how to ask with the happiness, but still you need to be broken. You need to be broken when you ask. And Rav Ashtag explained that during the day, you take a 15 minutes break when you need to be broken or you need to be upset. It's only 15 minutes a day. And the quality of what you're asking is through your giving. So how you give charity? Are you giving it to help someone or are you giving it to help yourself? We'd like to invite you. There is uh, awesome cookies uh, that exist here, right? Am I right? It's here. There's tea, coffee. Those of you who want to ask any question or want to say hello, you're welcome to come and say hello to me or to, 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 to introduce each other. Thank you so much for coming again. It's very, very nice of you. Thank you so much.